Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. I need to be on lockdown. You are a pillhead, so think a blade is Adderall and handcuff me to the radiator like a mother-flipping, carny-banging werewolf. I got this. I got this. Our apartment has central heating, but I get the idea. Stay strong. Man, I wonder how many women I've affected this way. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Well, we're here. The sun's up. We're up. And the stocks are plummeting, Zach. <laughs> oh my god. God, uh, if I was up, I'm certainly not anymore. I'm certainly, uh, the, the swell has lessened. The, the, the high moon tide has crested over us, Zachary. <sighs> it is once again the circular motion of our vocal cords ability mm. <laughs> and opportunity to be here together hello you, you know what i'll say every time i'm like steven why don't you bring us in this time i am never met with what i expect and it's no. usually in a good way good to, <laughs> good to be here buddy glad to be talking whatever this is again with you for the 64th time around our you can't disappoint a podcast globe Welcome to the show, everybody. Happy whatever day it is. We're coming at you hard and fast from the end of this time vacuum we've been in for the past couple weeks. We are here. I want to give a shout out at the top of the show to our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. That's Danny M. Lugo, Mary Baker Budisa, and Melissa LaPena. These people are very dear to our hearts. Yes, thank you for supporting us, mm -hmm. for loving us, and for welcoming us into mm -hmm. your ears and sometimes mm -hmm. eyes. We really do appreciate it, and if you like this show and want to help us take it further and also get more out of it, that's all over there at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Support starts at $5, and there's all kinds of tiers with all kinds of perks, so come check us out if you're if you're a fan of, of what we do here. It's, it's weird to think that anyone would 
consider themselves a, a fan of what we do here because we're just little old we're just little old girls from the city we're just look a, at us a couple now. of small town girls living in a lonely world you know and and something about a train and we would be remiss not to mention the the man who brought us up from those little bitty city girls to these <laughs> Little bitty city women <laughs> that we, we go. That, that stand before you now, and that is the fine people over at Communities on Twitter, one of the best online gatherings of community fans. So if you're a community fan, not just a community podcast fan, and you're not following Communities, you're gonna miss out on so much news, uh, all kinds of interaction. It's really great. So go give them a, a gosh dang follow already. Yeah, I feel like I could look through that uh account for like 10 minutes and i would learn more about community than i've learned doing this podcast so well, yes I, and no because the people over at communities are so into what they do that you could scroll for an hour and you'd be at like last tuesday it's true it's true <laughs> and also to your point you could keep scrolling and keep scrolling and you'd be back when season three was airing and that'd be cool yeah so shout out to communities. Thanks for squeezing us out of those cheeks. Steven, how are you today? I am doing dandy, doing fine. Um, I, I'm, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I am near and dear to Get you. Get used to it. And your heart. Get used to it. Exactly. Well, that's good. I don't know what you were trying to do with that. I felt like you were... I don't know. You started rhyming, and you didn't know didn't know the end point when you started. And that's it's often true. isn't that isn't that life? Just you know, starting things without knowing where they're going all the a, time. It's actually a community reference, Zach, because Is you know it? they didn't know where they were going. They didn't know when they were ending, what they were ending, who. Mm. You know, a lot of questions, a lot of answers. That's why we're here, Zach. I don't How really. I don't really know what you're talking about. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. Look, we've been in this time vacuum for like a month to you guys now, and it's interesting through the magic of uh, of pre-planning. <laughs> we're recording this now, and after this, we won't record another one of these bad puppies for three weeks. But for the fans keeping along at home, what 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 should the nickname be for you? Can't disappoint a podcast fans. You know how like Jimmy Buffett has parrot heads. What yeah. are those Zach and Steven fans? Idiots. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, that's great. I love it. <laughs> um, what about like disappointos? Disappointees. Disappointeers. There we go. All you disappointeers out there. Uh, now I forget. Oh, for you guys keeping it home. Disappointeros. This episode, you know, we'll have a new episode next week like we always do. But between you and me, Steven, we won't record another one of these for three weeks. And it's weird. That's our, our longest break in a while. Ever, I think. Probably. Well, now I guess we could vamp on for a second because after this ep- when this episode comes out, our trip will be done. But uh, the, one of the reasons we're taking so long isn't exactly to take a break from the podcast. It's because we're going on this trip together where we're going to go to theme parks in Orlando, Disney World and Universal. And Steven's mm-hmm. never been to Florida, let alone True. those major theme parks. I got to ask, growing up or with with the siblings that you had, was there any like, man, if only we could go to Disney World kind of thing? Because there was for me. Yeah, totally. I definitely always wanted to go and it's something we always wanted to do as a family. You know, it's just tough 
but we we would do like if we we're gonna go to a theme park holiday world is a really good oh, one that's sure. close to us but yeah to make never... it midwest specific there are the midwest has some great theme parks if you're going uh holiday world's great king's island cedar point Six you know Flags, i've never been to cedar point great. cedar point's awesome if you like roller coasters that's what i've heard but I'm excited. Uh, I think one of the reasons I like to go as an adult and why I wanted to go on a friend trip as an adult is because I wanted to go so bad when I was a kid. And uh, uh, I, it's just so fun to go as an adult. And it kind of takes you back to being a kid. But yeah. it's also like, I can do whatever I want, mom exactly. and dad. If I'm I driving to Disney World. Hug Goofy yes. for longer than like time for a quick pick and goodbye i can because i'm an adult i'm like hey goofy you want to hug again and i'm not going to be scared of him. i'm not going to cry i'm not going to pee I'm and also these Mom. parks especially universal but disney too have so many things that are aimed at or fun for adults and you can get trashed <laughs> nice <laughs> so i'm excited i'm really excited uh let's talk about community i'm excited to talk about community we're, I am. I'm excited to talk the, about this episode today. The days it super well. of Troy versus Abed are over. They're behind us. We're here to talk about season three, episode 15. It's Origins of Vampire Mythology. The episode was directed by Stephen. I might butcher this last name. Stephen Suchida. <laughs> it's it's, sure. it's spelled it's spelled T S U C H I D A. Yes. So directed by him, he only has one other directing credit in the series. It's season four, and it's not a great one. He directed (laughs) Alternative History of the German Invasion, which is where the foosball Germans come back, but not Nick Kroll. Mm -hmm. And it was written by Dan Harmon, who just by Dan Harmon solely, who only has a handful of writing credits throughout the series, though I believe he was in the writer's room for every episode, for every moment of the Mm -hmm. series. The only writing credits that he has are on the pilot, Spanish 101, Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas, Horror Fiction, and Seven Spooky Steps. And then after this one, he has credits for Repilot, Ladders, and the series finale, Emotional Consequences of Broadcast Television. And the episode originally aired on April 12th, 2012. And hi, I'm Templeton Ferrari III. Hi, I'm Steven, and I'm ready for boys' night. On our road trip, I'm sure I'm going to indoctrinate you in the cult of Ween. There's a really Mm. fun, super gay Ween song called Boys Club, and absolutely has the vibe of both the Dean in this episode and (laughs) us on our road trip, I'm sure. Uh, So let's get into some trivia. Let's talk about what we learned from this week's episode. Let's I've just it. got four questions for you today. I've got a filthy five <laughs> questions. All right, well, let's start the filth. Get the filth All kicked right. off. Um, what Zac Efron movie poster? Does Charlie St. Cloud, bitch. Wall? Charlie yeah. St. Cloud, bitch. That's one of my questions too. <laughs> nice. So All right, I'll give one. you one more. Uh, what color is the horse that Chang wins? Another one of my questions. It is blue. So now I have two. Why don't you give me another one? Uh, Okay, okay, okay. What is the name? (laughs) What is the name of the traveling company Blade works for? Oh, is it like the the red tent spinners? (laughs) (laughs) Opening up for what did you say? 
Kevin and the Klinklongs or something. <laughs> Kevin and the Loads? What? <laughs> Uh, it was it was Redbeard's amusement. Ah, I got red. I'm gonna give you my other one anyway, just okay. to spite you. Yeah. How much did Jeff spend on Blade's booth? Oh, that was my number five question. See, that's so why I went for it. Yeah. Um, over three hundred dollars. Great work. What do you still have? Uh, what does the banana have written on it? Oh, ooh, you are a lying junkie. Nicely done. Is that what it is? It is what it is. Okay. Um, and my last one, what's the supposed duck shooting record? I don't know. Eight ducks. Yeah. Is that what he says? Yeah, nice. Well done. Well, that, was a quick, that was a quick and easy round of trivia. Yeah. You, you pillaged my questions. I took, we had three know. questions in common. That's a lot, even for us. I don't think we've ever done that before. No, that's, Look that's at a us. lot. I hope, two. I hope that this in syncness is what continues through the time we spend together i i joked around before on the pre-show or something that i have this idea that me something awful is gonna happen <laughs> between me and steven some like horrible secret will be unearthed or some hidden truth will be uh mm -hmm. revealed while we're waiting in line for it's a small world that will <laughs> that will absolutely drive between us this wall that will never be taken down and that yeah. something so personal will happen that this will be the last episode of the podcast and we don't even know it look it will we'll think those idiots that didn't know they were working with that filth <laughs> yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to see what it's going to be that, that just drives us apart permanently it's bound to happen well let's see what we got emailed to us this week to see if the if their trivia is all repeats of ours or if they drive it further all right well i'm going to start with an email with probably no trivia okay um this is from peep review it okay. says the legend sup gentlemen Hi. I wish photos would pop up better in an email as I'm trying to meme. And y'all, open the email. We we open the email. We always open the email. Yeah. I don't appreciate that hostility, yeah. but, you know, anything for a disappointe. Uh, anyways, I'm still <laughs> attaching a meme. I'm workshopping that. Uh, yeah, I'm still I, attaching I, I a meme. Tell. Who knows if it'll pop up where I want it or at the complete bottom of the email. Place it here. Um, and it is a meme. Uh, it's loading. I can see part of it. It looks like uh, from the Steve. <laughs> uh, from the Steve from Blue's Clues video. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Steve yeah, that came was back. Sweet. Daddy Steve. That was sweet. I'm a big Blue's Clues fan. If you guys can't tell by the fact that I say Blue's could do, we can too. You do say that episode. quite a bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed Blue's Clues a lot growing up. Yeah, me too. Um, and the image that you see, it, it's Steve and the kind of subtitles below him say, we must embrace communism. Yeah, Thanks. as if when he was giving us that fireside chat of like, look, I just want to talk to you about a couple of things. Yeah. The bourgeoisie. <laughs> Burn that shit down. Um, I then watched a subsequent video that must have been yeah. filmed like at the same time. And it was Steve, Joe, and Aww. Josh is the, the new one. Yeah. Um, and it was them all watching their first episodes, and it was Aww. really cute. That's cute. Yeah. Um, all right, our next one is from... And then Nickelodeon said, all right, Baldy, you're out of here. <laughs> Get on. We'll see you in another 25. Right. Um, okay, this next email is from our Chris Christopherson himself, 
Uh, that's a reference to Blade, where Chris Christopherson played a character. There was no trivia. Mother. I'm almost positive Lily wrote trivia. I see nothing after this meme. <laughs> it's happening again. <laughs> um, uh, the email from our proud mother, father. The subject is Blade. Um, for the love of, oh hi guys. Hi. Oh, this is funny. Okay. This is this is gonna be. I love the start of this email. Oh no. Hi guys. Hi. For the love of God, Zach. Oh God. Pronounce Chevy Chase with less S. I do say I do say Chevy. You do. You because sound I think... like a GI Joe Cobra henchman. Well, let me explain. It's because but of Chevrolet. It's because of Chevrolet. You don't sh- mm. you don't say Chevrolet. <laughs> you don't say I'm driving my Chevy down the road. What the That's heck is that true. nonsense? And we are from a it's like, a weird name, okay? Car factory town. So you know, I'll give you that one, Zach. You say, "All right, hop in the Chevy. Let's yeah. go shuck some corn and perform sure. a racism." Mm-hmm. Um, to borrow <laughs> like a line from the Chevy episode, Chase, who hurt you and why didn't it stick? And then he Aww. said, "You can choose to not read this part if you want." I'm absolutely well. reading it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's really great. Um, as much as this episode gets dunked on, it does a lot right. The banana joke lands. Everything the Dean does is sublime, and creating a carnival was silly good. Jeff's silted speech has grown on me because he's realizing what he's saying as he says it. Um, and then he says, my MVP is Annie. She keeps the whole thing going and is funny at every turn. Have a good one, Stephen. Communities, Matt. What? <laughs> Look, look, I get if the way that I say Chevy Chase is 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 annoying to someone, uh, Chevy Chase it m- might not be the popularized way of pronunciating his name, but just leaving me entirely out of the email entirely? That's rude. I'm a human being. That's, wow, you, you got to get back on daddy's good side. I'll do whatever I have to do. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it real nasty if I gotta. Uh, also, uh, upon further looking, I did not find an extended version of Peepreview's email. So let's move right into our favorite funny moment. There's no trivia. I didn't do the trivia. I'm always, yet. I'm always trying to hop into the next thing. Go you right are. ahead. Go right um, ahead. I, well, I'm just pissed. You know what? No, I don't want to hear his trivia. I want to start a fresh round of Chevy Wash. <laughs> Whatever, read the questions. You had oh. the choice to not read that part of the email. To be fair, and, I didn't to, know until I was already through it that I had you, that choice. You said immediately, oh, this is shit about Zach. Let's read it fast. <laughs> and then it said, if you'd like to not hurt one of your best friend's feelings. And you didn't even, okay, whatever. I did have that choice, didn't I? Yeah, you you <laughs> you chore did. <laughs> Do you think that we have the mental capacity to switch them out of spite for an entire episode? No, but I'm uh, gonna do it a lot to to f- with Daddy. Good. Yeah. Um, what is the name of the carnival? So that's already one oh, repeat question. Know. What? Redbeard Amusements. Well, that's the name of the company. Is is that what he means? Okay. I think, or it's called the Greendale <laughs> Carnival. I don't think that was the car. I don't think the carnival. <laughs> I don't think it was Greendale's carnival. 
Oh, just, that's at, fair. I think that'd be calling. Here's a really, really uh, joke for the locals. That'd be calling it the Mounds Malls Fair. Fair enough. Just because it's <laughs> or in the, the parking Applewood lot of the abandoned <laughs> amusement park. Okay. Um, why did Shirley miss out on carnivals when she was younger? Because she was pregnant during her oh, carnival sure. years. Yeah, carnival years are usually. How 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 old was she when she started having these young children? Not super young. You know what I mean? I feel like my carnival years were in my 12s. Yeah. <laughs> like the tail end of like... And then when you have kids, it's like your carnival years start again. Yeah. So Shirley's logic is a little backwards. It sure is. Um, what name did Blade give as a dumb alternative to his name? The like Ferrari thing. I said it. Ferrari. Yeah. I already f***ing forget it. Templeton. Templeton Ferrari the third. The third. Okay. Let's see the the answers. Um, the first one was Redbeard Amusements, not the Greendale Carnival. Yeah. Um, two, she was pregnant, and three, you were you were bang on, Zach Templeton Ferrari the third. All right. Well, thanks for the lovely email, Shamunis. We <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> now, what was your favorite funny moment of this week's episode, Stephen? Um, my favorite funny moment I had, are we doing that first? What are you? Oh, f*** you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? All right. That was a lovely, here, here's what we'll do. I'm just going to start talking and I'll seamlessly edit it. Uh-huh. So it's very clear to everyone listening that I make zero mistakes. Yes. Well, that was a lovely message, communities. We so appreciate the support. Next, we're going to move into one of my favorite segments. It's where we put 20 seconds on that old tickaroo, and Steven tries to let it. He's doing some, like, stretches and warm-ups. Steven has 20 seconds to let us know if he was paying close enough attention to this week's episode to relay all of it back to us. I, 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 my favorite part of this segment is how I take at least 40 seconds to explain the 20-second segment. Mm-hmm. So that means it's time for no other than did, did Steven, Steven watch the episode, watch the episode this, this week. week. answer of course is yes this is a community podcast we always watch the episode several times before doing the podcast but we're gonna find out did steven watch it to my liking you mm-hmm. got 20 seconds on the clock how are you feeling about your challenge lukewarm i think that there's this is a pretty contained episode but it's got some meat to it so i want to make sure i hit the hot spots all right let's get that meat hot and spotty you've got mm-hmm. it three two one go the circus is in town, and Britta used to date Blade the Vampire. Um, uh, Abed loves Blade. Uh, Chevy and Chang become friends because they weren't invited to hang out with anyone else. Uh, Jeff and Shirley go to the carnival, and Jeff's real jealous of Blade. And then Britta's locked in Annie's room and tries to call her, but it's really Annie's phone, and Tracy's looking nice, and Britta was a bitch about it. And then the dean shows up because he's trying to get Troy to go to air conditioning school, um, but Blade Stop. really has brain. You got a lot. I just mm-hmm. wanted to say I picked up nothing vampire from the episode all the times I watched it. Do they say that, that they think he's a vampire? No. that You just said that because that's the name of the episode? Is I that why? I dating a vampire named Blade because he's Blade. That's why the episode. I've never seen Blade. I did not know Blade was a vampire. <laughs> yes. I'm oh, gonna... that's why you didn't get the Chris Christopherson thing either. 
Well, here, I'm going to give you a B plus. I know that you might think that's underselling it because you feel really proud of yourself on that one. You did a pretty good job. I thought you did a pretty good job. You did a pretty good job. The reason that it's not an A minus is that it was very rushed and there were a couple of, it, it wasn't, it wasn't as confident. It wasn't A minus mm-hmm. confident. Yeah, I didn't have the, the uh behind But it. especially in the second half. The way that you barreled through the Brita storylines, I thought you were gonna miss it. So you didn't. Mm-hmm. You you got a you got a strong B plus. Thank you. Thank you. Not too bad. Now, just as always, we'll move on to the next segment on a tight <laughs> schedule, and we're gonna talk about our favorite funny moments of the episode. I'll just give one. Honestly, I feel very medium about this episode and we'll get into that a lot today so i didn't have a lot of things that made me laugh out loud i'm sure there are a lot of chuckles but i didn't write down anything except for one moment where uh britta turns off blade and abed says annie please what does he say (laughs) says annie subdue your visitor Subdue your visitor and it's britta (laughs) i thought that was really funny that was really, really Just funny. Annie, subdue your visitor. Like, she's messed with the TV. That's next level. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, I wrote down the whole, like, when the Dean shows up, it was like, boys night. Abed's like, I need help I need reacting, help reacting to, to this. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, the Pearson Chang stuff was great, but especially the, like, sad montage at the end where it played, like, the happy stuff. Yeah. But that was really funny. Um, and then my last one was not the first time that they said, Dean, why are you here? And not the third time, but the second time. Which one is when, that? <laughs> um, that was... Hi, Britta. Annie, Ouch. I think. Oh. It was the Dean, why are you here? Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> All of those were really, really funny. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he never even tries to give an explanation or no, answers other than like, ugh. Well, <laughs> really, I really also funny. did think it was really funny when he was like, Troy, join air conditioner school. And Troy was like, no. Nope. And he was like, that's what I get for improvising. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll that, talk about that scene yeah. later on. Yeah. But let's yeah. talk about the episode. What do you think of Origins of Vampire Mythology, Stephen Baker? I definitely wouldn't put it at the bottom of the season at all. I thought it was a lot more enjoyable than a lot of episodes in the. Give me season. a for instance. What are you? What What do you think it's less? What do you think? What would you put below this episode for starters? I would put, um, urban matrimony and contemporary impressionists below okay. it. I would put, um, probably. I think this one goes around the Annie's Move episode. Wow, I really like that episode. I don't dislike this one, but I like only a... like the singing montage part of that episode. Wow, really. I really like that episode. That's like a psychology of letting go type situation where I. But think you I'm also like psychology of letting go a yeah, lot. Yeah, exactly. Where I think I'm higher on that one than you. Mm-hmm. This episode. Okay, so I, I honestly, I'm at a point with this season where an Annie's Move episode would have gone really well here because there's been a lot going on that's connected and honestly more of it missed than hit for me not Mm -hmm. not huge misses we're not quite to like where it doesn't feel like community like we get to next season but where it just feels like i don't know it feels like they're doing too much and not enough all the time sure and uh so i was so ready for this episode to really not need to do much but 
be funny to get me on board and to get me back on track with the season, but the episode is so fine. Yeah. It's so medium. I feel like every plot line in this episode feels like a B or C plot. It almost feels like there's no main plot or main hook to the episode. Even like your foosball episode, the foosball is a good hook for that mm-hmm. episode. Uh, Bl- Britta's ex-boyfriend named Blade and there being a carnival in town isn't an episode. It's things that could happen in an episode. Sure. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like there's much of a point to it, I guess. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I do think it is like a medium episode. I just like it better than I liked a lot of other ones this season. I think that they do they this is not the nicest episode to Britta, that's for sure. And that kind of is set from the beginning. But I also think that I get that Jeff is very narcissistic and that he like is like, oh, well, why don't people like me? But I don't know that he would necessarily obsess quite this much over Britta's ex-boyfriend because she has he hasn't before. And I get that he may be, like, jealous that, you know, she still would go back to him but not Jeff. But I don't know. I think sure. that's, a, that's a bit of a stretch for me. Sure. I honestly really like the everything that happens at Troy and Abed's apartment. I think that is fine. I don't... Like but again, uh, the other episode, episode that, uh, from the season that was kind of a medium episode. Mm-hmm. No, 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 you're right. I, I was right earlier. It is. It's the foosball episode mm-hmm. because the other half of the foosball episode is the nocturnal vigilantism. That's the Dark Knight DVD episode. This yeah. one feels way too similar in uh, it's several similar, ways. Sure. Uh, it's not a Troy and Abed struggle or, or anything, and Britta's involved, but it's very confined to the uh, the apartment. We even have the same Annie trying to make a voice to cover up for something. Mm-hmm. It feels a little bit too much like some things we've seen before. Uh, well, it, it really is akin to the Foosball episode because it also has uh, Jeff and Shirley and then one of them mm-hmm. going way overboard with mm-hmm. a game. Bun, dun, dun. Let's get into it. I liked the opening scene actually quite a bit. Uh, Not a lot of substance goes on here, but there's good continuity. You can tell that they planned for this episode to go where it went, even though it didn't really have to go anywhere specific to work as an episode. Mm -hmm. And at a point, I thought this scene had a really good wham-bang rhythm where everyone was talking really fast. Uh, Chevy was getting in there (laughs) just as much as everyone else. I thought this was a pretty good starter for the episode and uh, uh, got me in the right pace for like a low-key Greendale hangabout, right? Mm. Speaking of Chevy, it's Chevy Wash. Watch. Damn it. Now I said Chevy Wash. Chevy Wash. Yeah, Chevy Wash. Um. It's time. He's uh. We're not saying it weird. Opening. You're hearing it weird. Uh. Yeah. Well, let's talk <laughs> about Chevy Watch because I both feel like Chevy <laughs> is decent in this episode and mm-hmm. is also in it even less. He's got a couple lines here, and then it feels like with the Chang storyline, he showed up on set and was like, "I'm saying three sentences, and that's it, and I'm the." F- out of here so it's literally like we're best friends what if we fought 
that was it. And maybe that's kind <laughs> of the joke, but I yeah. don't think they were like, let's do this joke where it's really, really short. I think they were like, what's a joke that would be really, really short? So Chevy, mm-hmm. Chevy Chase isn't on set that much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the listeners who aren't communities. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm hot. I'm hot. But you know what I mean? It, it feels like both. Uh, is it? Is the Chevy stuff funny in this if you don't squint at it if you look at mm. it clearly but that that being said he's good in this opening scene at least i thought the don't patronize yeah. me bit was pretty funny uh the dean coming into the study room is always a really funny Great outfit way to start an episode and i loved the little touches of the dean's gotten really into trains this week he's dressing <laughs> like a conductor he's got a decked out train set in his office but the episode <laughs> drops it pretty fast and we don't need to care and the dean can be into something else next week and that's fine this was just something they thought would be really funny if the dean just was into trains and it is pretty funny yeah i think it works i like it a lot every time the dean touches jeff's shoulder it's funny yeah every single time He comes in and he mentions that there's a carnival coming to town and they're using the greendale parking lot so if people are gonna you got something in your teeth buddy yeah I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> was that bugging you that I was over here like really digging in there? Not bugging me, but I couldn't help but notice it. Uh-huh. And I felt the need to call attention to it. I liked that was a very meek you were like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh he mentions that there's a carnival in town, it's taking up the parking lot, so people have to park on the street. And uh what I thought was really funny are a couple of jokes in this, how he explains it, that gets Britta on board because uh, she thinks Carnival, she thinks Blade, her ex that works for a Carnival, and the Dean gets to walk away feeling like his pointless announcements to the room brought something to the conversation. You know, he says something like, well, I sparked something with that, and that's all I can ever hope for, or that's all I'm here for. <laughs> and then when he leaves, Jeff has a really funny line saying, well, there's also administrating the school but he's like already yeah. gone to hear it i thought that was really funny <laughs> if that's not my job what is choo-choo. Choo-choo. yeah this episode is quick to hate on britta uh we get the information that she has this ex-boyfriend that's a traveling carny his name is blade it's very stereotypical even for community's sake it, it's like it feels like the type of character build of, of a different show yeah it feels a little like i don't know, just just absolute pinnacle of stereotype uh and and britta is is frowned upon throughout most of this episode they're immediately like oh my god britta has a bad taste in men that's so funny this guy named blade it's not a good color on these people and it's not a good color more so on the community writers that this is all they can think of for britta yeah i it's it's i think it's kind of funny i don't have as much problem as the britta ragging in this episode yeah but i i think it does go a bit too far at some points have those axe marks on the study room table always been there since the first episode do you see that i've only noticed them here yeah there's axe marks and i mean that makes sense but i hadn't noticed them before right now mm-hmm. well i will say even though i don't love the brita hate i kind of find the like absolute thirst trap like brita who's like in heat in this episode yeah who is just like wall of text text messages and who literally just like sees red and is going for it Mm -hmm. i find that kind of funny yeah 
I think so. There's some funny lines in here when Shirley uh, high fives Pierce and is like, Brit is bad taste and men makes Pierce seem with it. And, <laughs> and Pierce is like, her pain unifies us all. And it's really <laughs> dramatic and it's pretty well delivered by Chevy. 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 Man, now I'm just thinking about it too much. Now I can't say his name You're at all. You're in your head, yeah. Thankfully, he leaves the show in about 20 episodes. We'll never <laughs> have to talk about him ever again. Yeah. Britta at least starts off this episode with good intentions that uh, him being in town is is a trigger for Britta, but she knows that it's not worth it and that she needs to have people hold her accountable so she doesn't fall into the trap of hitting up an ex. Uh, I've never been in a situation where... Uh, my ex and I are talking to each other after the fact. Have you That's been fair. in? Have you ever had to face this type of temptation where it's like so and so's in town, or oh, it's been a few years. What if we? You know what I mean? Um, do, you, do you relate to Britta at all here? Not that much. I mean, I've definitely been in a situation where like you break up with somebody and you're still friends a little bit, but I'm sure. more of a clean break person, at least like for a while. I yeah. don't think I have. I'm on like bad terms with very many of my exes. Sure, but I'm not gonna like hit them up and be like, "Hey, you sure. want to slide through?" Okay, so there are no blades on your in your no little blades black book. for me. No, only you. <laughs> I do like the kind of dig at Shirley when she was like, "Oh, I don't understand," and she's like, uh, "Andre," and she's like, "Oh, yeah." Yeah, that was really funny, and I like Mm -hmm. that the show can kind of call Shirley out on that. It it shows that it's thoughtful character work and not just, oh, let's put Shirley back with her ex-husband. It's that she is kind of – I don't – I feel like, honestly, it's really interesting if you think about Mm -hmm. uh, the religious perspective on marriage and divorce. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think there's actually quite a bit of meat to that, and they say a lot just with the little snide joke. Uh, A worse show would really dive into that, and community just makes it as like a a comeback, like something against Shirley, and it's pretty funny. Now, you know what I don't – and one thing that I do have issue with in this episode – I, I really am not a huge Annie fan this episode. I love Allison Brie. She does a great job. But Annie's character, how like thirsty she is for Jeff the whole beginning of the episode is just a little a little I get that she like has a crush on him still. See, but I she's don't... not like beside herself about it, usually. Well, okay. Let, let's talk about this for a second. Um I'm not a Jeff Annie shipper at all, Mm -hmm. but I can stomach them making googly eyes at each other and maybe having like a sporadic of the moment kiss like in debate 109 kind of Mm -hmm. I'm okay with their relationship going about as far in different ways as as Britta and Jeff. I don't want them to date each other, but I understand that there's like something happening there and it'd be interesting to see what happens if that pressure breaks but i want it all to like be put back together at the end you know what i mean yeah uh that being said i don't really see annie as being beside her i didn't really get that from this episode i didn't really see her being beside herself and i look for that because that's kind of what they do with annie's character like in season four where Mm -hmm. she literally there's a really bad episode in season four where her whole thing is that she wants to be the type of housewife so she'll be like appealing to jeff i i I didn't get too much from this so i'm intrigued that you were bothered by annie yeah it it stood out to me a lot in this episode i think there were a couple too many like cut to annie looking longingly or like sad because she's in love with jeff type thing sure interesting but jeff of course i feel like this is kind of relatable he can't help but get sucked in into the britta thing because he and britta had a thing yeah and uh he doesn't really see britta being like this 
about Blade, you know, about him when they're around each other all the time. So he's kind of got to think, like, what's up with this guy? I think we all do that, that even if we don't care at all about the person we had a connection with in the past, when they're with someone else or someone else comes up, you can't help but be like, well, what the f***? Who's this guy? Or, yeah, I you know what I mean? That, it's just human nature. Yeah, especially I feel like when I was, like, in... A little bit school, younger. Early college age, it was very much like... Because well, you see them walking down the hallway. It go that way with me, or like, well, why didn't I get treated this way, or something like that? You know, I know a specific situation, and it's so f-ed up. It has so many layers to it. Of you and me walking down the hallway. You and Lily have recently broke up. Mm-hmm. Lily and Lily's new boyfriend are walking down the hallway, and yes. you and I look at each other, and we're like come on get a load of that i know i remember exactly that <laughs> and now i'm I'm gonna like marry that person <laughs> yeah and now yeah and you're gonna marry lily's boyfriend from the time exactly it he just, and i are very the happy layers, <laughs> the layers just tie together very nicely it's gonna be one fun wedding night for the four of us it's gonna be confusing it will leave and be like who, who's going home with who are we like <laughs> the math really is tough uh <laughs> So, Steven, give me the Blade rundown. I don't really know anything about Blade other than that Wesley Snipes wanted to be referred to as Blade yes. when they made Blade. That is mm-hmm. literally that is literally the only thing okay, I know about so Blade. Blade is about this guy. Okay. Um, now, this is a world where vampires exist kind of like in the underground. And they're not like Twilight vampires. They're closer to like... Um, interview with a vampire vampire where they're very like interview with a vampire ah they're basically like they're more like monsters right they're like no they're hip techno vampires um they like look normal and they're all really hot uh and so there's like vampire clubs where like there's like blood that like rains down from like the sprinklers and they all dance in it together when they make out and lick the blood off each other it's like a whole weird that early 2000s thing as but shit. blade himself is half vampire half okay. human because his mom had a baby his mom was a vampire this sounds just like twilight and it's <laughs> blade is renezme and uh oh then blade's like i'm gonna kill the vampires yeah but also he like can survive in daylight but he still needs like blood to survive and okay. so he like the vampires all want to kill him Since because he's half human blood... half vampire they can make up whatever they want he yeah can follow whatever weird exactly like, sure he can be up till 6 30 who cares yeah and so blade like is killing all these vampires because he wants While they're to... sleeping yeah during the he sneaks in on them yeah uh but he like is a vampire killer and like the vampires want to capture him and like chris christopherson's this old guy named mother who okay. like takes care of him okay and like blades like i gotta gotta fix my diabetes it's not diabetes but he has like a vampire disease because he's dying because he needs blood and so he like has to figure out a cure and then he like meets this doctor lady it's a whole thing the i i really enjoy the blade movies i rewatched the first blade not that long ago really enjoyable watch good action if you asked me do you want to watch all three Matrix movies or all three Blade movies? I would absolutely say put in Blade, Blade 2, and Blade Trinity, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, were there very many specific references to Blade that I would not have gotten? No. It's mainly just the name and that just, it makes Troy and Abed want to watch Blade. Yeah. 
But the only thing I'll say, I thought that opening scene leading up to the theme song was pretty good, but it, it ending with Troy and Abbott saying, you want to watch Blade? Yeah, and then it cuts to the theme song. Man, I just love it when there's like an absolute zinger I do right too. before it cuts into the theme song. So I could have done with something more like that. But I thought that opening sequence was maybe at least the funniest sequence of the episode. I thought everyone was yelling at each other. Everyone sure. had the right quips. I thought it did a really good job of incorporating all of the characters in a way that we don't really see them sitting around all at the study table much this season. They're Mm-mm. kind of a separate entity. Jeff's excited because he's a locker now, Zach. He, he found his his locker. Community is dabbling with some real... Uh, uh, continuity this season where mm-hmm. stuff that happens is brought up for the next couple episodes. It's and like often, the last three episodes have been really super connected. It's like especially. the last like five. True. It, it, I feel like it goes back a little bit farther. Sure, because uh, the, the subway connects to like the sandwich, connects to the Troy and Ada. Yep. And then if you yeah. think it all connects to Troy and the AC repair school and that goes yeah. back a while, uh, they're doing a good job of incorporating some, some over arcing continuity in a story that is pretty one-off you could watch this episode of community and never have seen an episode of community and totally get it you'd be mm-hmm. like oh yeah this show's kind of cute it, it wouldn't be the best first episode to show someone no. but i could see it, it's it's both one-off and it has some nice connections to the things mm-hmm. that have been happening recently this is the most egregious jeff taking a shirt off that we've ever had i get it joel looks good with his shirt off i get it you want people to watch the show and i get it but come on, what? It was really too, too much in this one. Yeah. But I again, I didn't really find annoyance in Annie out of this situation when when Britta walks up and is kind of catching Annie, mm-hmm. uh, looking at Jeff taking his shirt off and be like, "Oh, it, the shirt wasn't working." I thought that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that Blade. Okay, so Britta finds out the Blade is in town and he got a promotion. He's now working the duck shooting gallery. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I it made me wonder what did he come from? Where did he start? I and think what is right like the below, hierarchy. I think right below duck shooting has got to be like the uh, the goldfish ring toss type thing. Okay. That's got to be yeah. pretty low. Now but he's been goldfish there for a while. ring toss. I think that's two different things. Or do you throw rings into the goldfish bowls? Well, there's there's a couple ways you can do it. There's the one okay. where if you get the ring around a certain thing, you get a goldfish. And there's one where if you get the ping pong ball into the bowl. Okay. I want a rabbit doing now, that one time. Now, when we were throwing ping pong balls into the fish bowls, were goldfish in those bowls? Yes. And then that was the fish that you got? That was the fish That's you got. horrible. Yeah, I think they eventually stopped doing that in some places. And it was like, throw it in this bowl and then you, I'll pull a fish out of this cooler yeah. and give it to you. Like here's a fish out of the storage container that nobody knows where it came from. So Britta is ingraining in Annie that she needs constant supervision while Blade is in town so she doesn't slip and doesn't fall into his arms and is even going to stay with Annie to make sure this doesn't happen. This is like the most cliched overused type story for a sitcom uh we have had too many episodes where we're like oh but maybe community was doing like a riff on the sitcom to where i don't think that's what this is anymore this is just this and now community is a sitcom so it's okay that they do this but i don't know i feel like they make us expect so much out of the show when they really go for it Mm -hmm. that episodes like this feel like i don't i i don't know i feel like I can feel them putting less into this episode because they're doing Law and Order in four episodes or something. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Like... It, it's just not enough for me, these episodes anymore. It's making me realize how 
absolutely spoiled we were in season two. Yeah. We didn't know what we had when we had it. I know we're not done with the season yet, but no. I think it's a pretty clear. I think it's even at this point, it both has a couple of the best episodes of the entire series, and it's probably below season one for me. Wow. Because season it's one's close. really comfort. It's really nice to watch. It's mm-hmm. it's not very bombastic like season two is, but I could watch I would probably rather say if I'm gonna put on a season of community and it's gonna mm-hmm. be on all day, I would probably put on season one before I put on season three. But I, I like some of the arcs in this season and I'm excited to see some of the ending arcs uh for the first time in a while and analyzing them in ways yeah. than I didn't before. Um yeah. But season three, so many hills and valleys. Definitely. So the whole thing is set up here where Britta is going to be under Annie's watch. And again, there's not a lot to say about it because it feels so formulaic. It, You know where it's going as soon as it's going. Uh, I can see why you wouldn't like some of this Annie stuff, but I liked the bit that uh, Jeff says, how come no girl's ever been this like stark wild about me? And Britta's like, ha ha, like, no, like, mm-hmm. obviously. And then Annie's like, oh, ha ha, yeah, ha ha. I thought the way that the actors pulled it off made it funny well see i think it's a funny joke but i i just don't know that i believe that annie is is as hung up over jeff as britta is over blade in this situation and i think that it's implying that it's similar with that joke okay we cut thankfully to the dean in his office with uh his new train set that he's so into the what a beautiful set yeah, He's for got, just like, getting Dalmatians, really. But now we've zebra. seen how the Dean is with his obsessions. Mm-hmm. And and I can relate to this. I feel like the Dean was watching like a video of Mr. Rogers or something mm-hmm. and was like, oh, I get it. I <laughs> love trains. And bought all of this that night from his bed on his phone and spent $2,000 on sure. trains. You know what I mean? It's I feel so like when, easy as when an adult Dean to, like, Craig Pelton gets into something, he goes thing. hard. Yeah, I'll wake up and be like, well, I've never really been into crocheting before, but maybe I need to crochet, and I need to have these the titanium yeah. crochet needles <laughs> that the one YouTuber I watched, that's, that's not a real thing. I just pulled that out mm-hmm. of my ass. What I wanted to comment on is John Goodman being in the scene and in this episode – Dan talked a little bit on the commentary for this episode in which I think he was a little inebriated Mm. that having John Goodman on the show kind of became a curse because when you have an A-lister like that Mm -hmm. who is going to be in like eight episodes of your season, you don't always get to pick which eight episodes it's going to be. It's more you get a call and say, okay, John's going to come do it this week and you write him into it. Mm. This very much feels like that to the point that I think even Jim Rash being written into the apartment scenes was because they had John Goodman. So they put this little tiny, teeny tiny runner about Dean Pelton trying to get Troy to join the AC repair school. Well, and I'm kind of glad that that happened here. I'm sure it could have been used better in an episode that he was planned to be in. But I think the dean being at the apartment was hilarious. The dean being at the apartment was hilarious, but the AC repair school angle had nothing to do with it. The dean no. was just like, oh, now I get to go hang out with these people. Maybe Jeff will show up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, John Goodman delivers these menacing, 
uh, monologues to the dean very well, the dean kind of like cowering to it, and then talking about needing a gin and tonic and not knowing how to make one is all really funny. But of all the, the appearances of Vice Dean Laybourne so far, <laughs> I, this one was meh. Yeah. Especially um, coming hot Zachary, off of not him to going be through some stuff. That guy. Scotch and soda, whatever. Stephen, Stephen, no one in the history of the English language has ever said not to be that guy and then been that guy. <laughs> you say it because you you can hear you it know before you do guy. it. Have you seen the video? Is it like college humor? I'm that saying does that the, I don't um, do actually videos where it's like a game show called, like Jeopardy, but they actually it they go um actually, um, actually yeah it's that's really funny. funny. Mm-hmm. Another thing this episode gets some good use of the characters in front of the TV in the apartment. That's been something that's proven to be effective in the show. But again, it feels like characters in a place we've seen them a couple too many times doing something that's not horribly exciting. Yeah, I feel like they were in Jeff's apartment a couple of times before. And like we were in Annie's apartment once or twice, like in the hallway especially. But yeah. they've kind of made Troy and Abed's apartment the set that they're going to use like when the they're not there. Like one of the four sets that they have. Mm-hmm. Here, I didn't get at all why Abed was saying one of Blade's swords is infused with garlic because I didn't, I didn't know the vampire thing at all. So yeah. now that line hits different. Is that true in the movies? Does he have garlic in his sword? I think it's involved. I feel like that would sting so bad. Yeah, the vampires do not like it. He also like has like these these like grenades that he throws that are just like yeah. really bright yeah. <laughs> flashlights. It's not like an actual flashbang that's like bright light, it just like stays bright. It's like turning on an LED light and rolling it at somebody. <laughs> Britta can't stop thinking about Blade, even though Annie is trying to help and she grabs the remote and turns off the TV and freaks out. I love how Abba just Annie subdue your guest. I love that so much. <laughs> I relate really to funny. that on such a deep personal level. I love that. If anyone ever came into my apartment while I was watching anything and was making it about them to the point that they decide it's time oh, to turn off no. the TV. That would not yeah. sit well. Yeah. I would know because I do it every time I come to your home. I don't have a lot to say about a lot of the Annie and Britta stuff. I think both of the actresses do it pretty well in this mm-hmm. episode. And I think the jokes lift this a little bit higher than other sitcoms when they do this exact storyline. Yeah. But it's just like, it just follows the beats A, B, C. The whole Britta like, but what if my mom's dying and you're not letting me look at my phone? That's such yeah. a that's such an easy thing to do. What isn't easy is that they put a community spin on it and what there's like several layers of deception almost like the the uh conspiracy theories episode where britta is doing this to get annie to let her know where her phone is being stored so annie goes to a drawer and britta comes to like catch her and aha take my phone but it's not her phone in the drawer it's a banana that says you are a lying junkie on it yeah which is such a weird visual cue that's a very funny screen grab and Mm. uh i don't know it's pretty community i do like that bit yeah. Troy and Abed also are literally just sitting and eating popcorn at this point, watching the DVD menu. That's <laughs> it, like flips, flips, flips. Have you ever done that? Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. ever find entertainment waiting for it to hit the corner because of the office? Absolutely. And I remember vividly being in like science classes and like the days we were going to watch a movie, the teacher would always like talk before the movie time. And you just watch that the whole time? Oh, yeah. That also, makes can sense. I say something that's like total bullshit? Okay. When teachers would show a movie, and now here, I'm saying this somebody who has worked in education my 
family has long line of teachers. I have a lot of respect for teachers. I really when teachers have a f- movie day and they make you fill out a worksheet answering questions about the movie. It's one thing when I'm watching like a Bill Nye science thing, but if it's f- like the little mermaid and I have to pay attention <laughs> to do trivia on that shit, hell no. Well, because they know otherwise you're going to fall asleep. Yeah, or be so on your what? Phone. But you're showing them you're showing us the little mermaid. Yeah, like clearly you're phoning it in just as much as I This marine biology class, sure <laughs> I I get the connection, but it's pretty loose. <laughs> yeah, we watched Free Willy last week and I feel like that really didn't teach me a lot either. Can whales really make friends with a boy? Sharknado was a real stretch. <laughs> I thought it was funny, so uh, Annie calls out Troy and Abed for being bad friends to Britta for not helping, and then they turn it right back on. It's like, you're being a bad friend. You don't like our movie? We can't say Blade? I am definitely on the Troy side of the struggle. Oh, I'm yeah. Always. And the way he delivers, it's so, like, Three's company, but the way that he's like, you put phones in the refrigerator? Oops. Oh. <laughs> the way that he delivered it is funny, even if it's, like, on paper, not really that funny. But then they literally pick up Britta carry her into Annie's bedroom and they have an outside lock on the door and they lock it, which proves a couple of things. This was all pre-planned. Not all, not all of it, but Annie was like, okay, Britta needs me to take care of her and keep her under lock. I've bought this lock. We're putting it on the door from the outside. Troy, Abed, if, the moment happens, you've got to be ready to grab her, and we're going to put her in there. And they and were they like, were, yeah, Abed okay, went we'll and held the door open? They were ready. Annie mocking Troy, saying, there's phones in the refrigerator. That's you. That felt like a line I could have done without. I didn't need the it's you at the end of it, certainly. That felt like an improvisation. Mm. And I don't know, Allison. Nice try, but come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Leave it to the pros. Come like on the show. Chevy Chase. Back it up. And then Let's. just when this storyline does need, like, another little thing, a little more levity, something that's a little funnier added to it, there's a knock on the door. Dude, I know for a fact that Lily wrote in trivia questions today because I remember seeing them, and at least one of them was, like, about the root beer. Sorry, Listen, Lily. We both looked at the email. You need to stop sending us memes yeah, just and making an half of the email about how we didn't get the last email you should just send an email that's the quotes and questions and then send a meme yeah you can still send two or or don't because it's an audio podcast i'm sorry i love you we'll talk about this later we'll talk about it later okay we'll talk about it we'll talk about it later lily just texted me don't tell me what to do nice so yeah the dean shows up he's got this root beer it would have been a great trivia question if anybody had asked about it and just when this storyline needs something like this jim rash shows up to save the day kind of because you can tell that they 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 wrote the dean into the storyline last second because he has like two lines that's why all of the times they say dean why are you here he says oh right because they can't like change all the dialogue in every scene Mm -hmm. to make him an active part of it he's just there i mean it's great because the dean is a character that can just be there yeah that's totally what this is it did give us abed saying i need help reacting to something like almost turning straight towards the camera which is a great abed moment Mm-hmm. After a commercial, we're at this carnival set, and look, I'm sure the community people were really proud of themselves for putting together this nighttime carnival and and having a different set. But this carnival looks lame as shit. <laughs> None of these things look like they go anywhere. 
It's all That's just fair. a facade. There's a trailer? <laughs> I don't know what purpose that serves. This is a very small carnival, and I don't understand what there is actually to do other than the duck game and whatever games behind it. Or I guess there's this little prize wheel. Jeff and Shirley are here to do some... Well, Shirley thinks they're just here for a carnival, but Jeff's here mm-hmm. to do some interrogation on Blade. And we get another round of... Sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-chevy wash. sh sh chevy and yeah, he's there with Chang. Uh, some sequence of events has led to them going to a carnival together, and they're getting along swimmingly. <laughs> this has like been it. Chevy Wash. I like it too, but if they had an actor who enjoys working, <laughs> it could have been a super funny storyline. And instead, they kind of had to make what they did out of it you know they kind of had to do Mm -hmm. what they they had to make do with what they had to work with and there wasn't much that they were given yeah thankfully it is pretty funny they did a good job uh and ken jong is really funny i think that i've been a little upset that the show hasn't used him more because he's hilarious yeah he's only had very minor pieces a lot of these episodes i mean he had the funny bit during the pillows and blankets where he was leading his little army And whenever he's in an episode for a second it's usually like one of the really funny moments that we Mm -hmm. take notice of uh and honestly chang and pierce as a as a duo kind of makes sense that it feels like super untapped potential i also feel like chevy just has more energy this week yeah i don't know what it is about him i feel like he's facial expressing more than he has been as of late uh he had a smile on his face through a lot of it uh, not mm-hmm. too bad not bad thanks chevy for your service <laughs> jeff and shirley show up at the game that blade is is uh hosting is running is working and i thought the acting i the guy did a good job I, that guy yeah. looks familiar but i thought it was kind of a weird look for what they built up blade to be and maybe that was the idea but he's like just a guy he's not he's just a guy bad looking he's not good looking he's not like rough around the edges looking he's just some dude and he's i like es- luke wilson i especially do not like what we'll get to at the end of the episode the like explanation for why blade is so alluring yeah i didn't need any of that nope but they just come to meet him. Jeff is like, I got to go do this. I'm going to go win some ducks. And Shirley tries to stop him, but we're past that point. Now we're back to Annie and Britta. And I think that this scene is one of the low points of the episode for me. Just because mm-hmm. it's all going exactly where you expect it to go. There aren't any surprises. Britta gets Annie to let her leave and let her use her phone. And her and the fact that Annie's so gullible is annoying. But then well, yeah. it's a, but but then it's that Annie changed the number in Britta's phone to make it work. So Annie like was ready for this, but it seems like Annie's really trusting. Yeah. I don't it know. Does. It was just I guess... a little too silly. A little too too broke girlsian or something. Oh yeah. Wednesdays on CBS. I don't what know. What were you about to say? What, what was your was... thought? I, I, my issue with this as well was I was like, why would anything so far ahead and be so gullible? But then I yeah. remember she did change the number in the phone. So I guess she kind of did know that this would happen, but I still think she is trusting Britta a little too much here. Yeah. After just locking her in her room and having this elaborate setup to lock her in this room, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a very quick jump. It is. And another thing that I don't like about this episode that much, and I hate that we've had so many episodes with so many things that aren't that great about it when we analyze them like this. Mm -hmm. I feel like this episode 
really underutilizes Gillian Jacobs. This was yeah. so easy. This should have been a Britta episode, and she should have been all over this thing, and she should have been hilarious. And she's not that funny. She doesn't get the funniest jokes. She's in a uh, room for half the episode yeah. by herself. Yeah, she. Even though I said it's kind of funny to see like in a heat Britta, that's literally what she's deduced to in this episode is that she's like mm-hmm. this monster that wants to have sex and wants to be released to like come be with this guy. And I feel like it's underselling the character and definitely underselling yeah. how funny Gillian has been this season. I think Gillian has been one of the best parts of this season because they've it's let her true. be quite a bit funnier than they did in the first two seasons. <laughs> Back outside, the Dean's watching Blade with Troy and Ovid, and they're getting to watch the movie, but but the Dean's getting really invested and really trying to uh, appeal to Troy, and that's almost as bad as what was going on before. That's definitely interrupting the viewing experience. I love how he goes, man, this guy doesn't give vampires an inch of leeway. An inch of leeway. (laughs) It's just so obvious how copy-pasted the Dean is into the Mm storyline. But like I said, it works so well for the character, and Jim Rash... Can literally, Lily and I, while we were watching last night, we were like, Jim Rash can give us nothing and we will eat that shit up. He oh, has yeah. nothing in this episode and it's so funny. It's great. Like, just all of the Dean, why are you here? Yikes, ow. So Annie comes in and says what she did that, that she gave Britta her phone, but she has uh, uh, Blade. Blade's number changed in Britta's phone, so they'll be calling Annie if they if she tries to call Blade. But what she didn't think about, which would be easy to forget in a situation like this, if you don't answer the phone, it goes to voicemail. Yep. So what did you think of Annie's first thought of what to do in this situation when she answers the phone? Well, so far, that's we're not even to the phone call yet. She's still in the texting phase. Oh, I'm sorry. I, look yeah. Yeah skip on scapulin ahead it's because i don't have a lot to say about the storyline sorry yeah, yeah i think that this is so the Brita's thirst, sending all these inappropriate the messages text and just like one after the other after the other after the other mm-hmm. not a good look and Britta is such a, a a beautiful unique woman that she does not she i feel like she could go up to anyone and say hi and that's it we're we're, we're yeah. there and yet she's putting all of her energy into uh uh, B grade Milo Ventimiglia. B- correct. Milo That's Ventimiglia. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that I don't know if any surprised at the messages. I mean, I'm, I was sure she was going to reach out. Um, but yeah, I I think Annie thought ahead, but not far enough ahead yeah. with that whole plan. Well, because she was thinking like, okay, we can't literally detain Britta. She's going to get mm-hmm. her phone back, and I need to figure out something if she has it back. So yeah, I guess. Yeah. I thought all of the scenes with Blade and Jeff were really, really awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, another, some of the lower points of the episode for me, especially as it gets farther and gets more like self-actualization like annie says later as they get a little deeper in this conversation i I feel like it's really awkward it doesn't make a lot of sense for jeff to say all these things to this guy it feels very very self-important of jeff to be doing all of this Mm -hmm. and i guess the joke at the end is then we're supposed to see blade in a different light because of information that we realize about him but they don't really they don't really portray that very well when we actually see Blade. It should have been no, like, he's so kinda... cool, but something's off about him. He just seems like a totally normal guy. He's just super chill. It's like they, yeah, it's disjointed. 
What I do buy, though, of course, is Jeff being super invested in proving that he's at least really good at this carnival game. Mm -hmm. And I do like that, like you mentioned, pairing Jeff and Shirley up is always kind of a nice pairing that they don't go to enough. And watching Jeff corral Shirley into being his wife for this situation (laughs) was also pretty funny. Yeah. Meanwhile, Pierce and Chang are literally just walking behind them in the background laughing. And it almost feels like what I would have loved for this storyline is for it to take up like five minutes more of the episode and take up take a little bit of time away from Jeff and from Britta mm-hmm. and Annie and have it be like Chang and Pierce are trying to get a rise out of the study group members exactly. that are at the carnival, but they don't give a fuck. So like when they're walking past them laughing and Jeff says, how many times are they going to do that? They're like off on the side being like, all right, all right, he'll be able to hear us. Okay, walk. Act like I just said something really funny. Yeah, Chang's because, trying to get into the study group or something. and Well, and, and Chang also could be like, you know, and you could write it that he's trying to get Shirley's attention because she hasn't talked to him probably since the baby wasn't his. I and guess. he might be like, you know. But Chevy showed up and said, I'm not saying more than 18 words today. Yep. And that was nine of them. <laughs> the funny walk of them eating popcorn, not popcorn at all, eating cotton candy together and saying, is this best friendship? I, I think it is. And then immediately it's like a, a, a happy song while they're walking through, like, <laughs> tell about my best friend. But if they had an actor who was more involved with the show, this would have been, you know, like an actual montage. We could have seen them like mm-hmm. on the Ferris wheel together. We could have seen them like arms wrapped around each other on the merry-go-round. But instead, because they ha- they are in a position where if they're going to use Pierce in an episode, they got to use him thin. Yeah. They make a meal out of this one shot or this one straight walk that they would have had to get out of him. And he just has to smile for like five seconds. I think it would have even been like funny if they're not going to actually have them have a montage of them like riding rides and stuff because they haven't been together like a super long amount of time. Like yeah. if that's the angle they want to go, you could have literally like Chevy getting turned down by other or there's background a joke characters that's like a montage of all the stuff that they've done together, but they haven't done much together. So it's literally yeah. them like getting the cotton candy that they're now eating yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Back to the other storyline. See, I don't like this episode because it's two storylines that I'm not that invested in. They're basically one storyline that mm-hmm. feels like it should be a B plot. How fair. did they not throw in a Troy and Abed goof around into this one? How did they? They could something. have so or, easily thrown in something s- funnier. Anything. This is a really, really slow, take its time episode, and I guess that's fine. I mean, fine. even if it were like to the point where Troy and Abed, like, even if you want to go more childish route, where they thought that Britta's boyfriend was a vampire, yeah, because they saw him at the thing, were like, oh, he's actually Blade. That would be yeah. funny. Yeah, sure. And what what I will say is, you can tell that it's not a, the best episode of Community if we can come up ideas for it that are funny, yeah. because we're not comedy writers. No. In, Community often comes up with way better ideas than I can even imagine coming up mm-hmm. with. So if it's easy to see how this episode could be a little improved, that's not saying a lot for it. Mm. So they kind of come together that Britta is like turned on by how distant Blade is being and by giving her nothing. So uh, Annie decides to to do the opposite and... Again, it's another thing that just feels we're walking down this path of exactly predictable how you would help how you would expect the storyline to go in a different show. The the girl yeah. always is more attracted to. Una- I don't know. 
I don't know. I feel like there probably is literally an episode of a sitcom that has done this plot line before. A phone being hidden, uh, texting. Uh, uh, they think they're texting somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, Community has done this before with Britta's phone, but it was just and on the other end. And it wasn't good that time no. either. Uh, so yeah, Britta calls. This is what I was talking about. They don't realize that Britta will actually call Blade if he if he goes the opposite direction or something. So they have no choice but to answer the phone and not let it go to the voicemail. And it's a funny bit from Allison Brie doing the, uh, 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 the, the like weird noises that she does mm-hmm. when she answers. But there's no chance in hell that Britta would hear this or <laughs> the noises the next time she calls. Yeah. And be like, yep, that's the guy I used to be in a relationship <laughs> with. It'd be like if I got on the Zoom call with you and it was Danny, like, trying to cover that you weren't here. Yeah. Doing like, uh I don't know. It's just so, ugh. I did think it was kind of funny. The performance was funny when uh, Troy Abbott and the Dean made their circus noises. Step right up. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, the Dean, let's unpack this line. Uh, Annie says <laughs> that Britta is whipped by a ma- by an imaginary douche. And, mm-hmm. and the Dean says, hey, don't knock it till you try it. And I'm not knocking it, but I don't know how I would try it. I don't know how to try it either. I at first was like, is he talking about Jeff? But I think that there's it's deeper than that. Yeah, this sounds like a sex act that he's mm-hmm. referencing. <laughs> and the camera lingers on him for just the right yeah. amount of time where like nobody's reacting, but he's like looking at everybody. Yeah, and then Jeff at the carnival playing this game, really oversharing with Blade. Blade, because he's just this like little simpleton, everything Jeff says he's like, and then I cheated out of law school. The whole time Blade's like, okay, yeah, cool, yep. So it's kind of therapy for Jeff, and he thinks he's like proving. What do you think Jeff is trying to get out of this? I think he's trying to talk about his like path and like to all make the him jealous of him. Yeah, sure. When Blade doesn't know anything, let alone who Jeff is or why he should yeah. care. Shirley, the image of Shirley, who's not very tall, holding all of these big <laughs> stuffed animals is pretty funny. It's so funny. Just asking him all these like really rude questions about like, how he became a, someone who worked at a carnival. And like, like, that's so he dropped all you out and Yeah. But he literally is. So Blade's like, yep. 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 Because Jeff just isn't getting at all what Britta would see in this guy and mm-hmm. why she would be so into him, but not him. You know, I think I can totally see why Britta would be into this attractive enough dumb guy that yeah. Britta will say like, hey, let's do this. And he'll say, yep. And then they'll do whatever. Right. And Charlie kind of said it earlier. She's like, he's so cool that like, I get it. I guess. I don't know. I And again, it feels weird that the show is calling so much attention to Jeff's jealousy about someone mm-hmm. while making it about Britta. I feel like it would have, at this point in the series, made more sense if they made it either about Annie and an sure. ex or about Britta and Troy. Mm-hmm. Because that's something that the show never gets into. Does Jeff feel weird that Britta and Troy have a little thing I don't going think they address it really I, at all. I didn't need it to be like a... Like a uh, like a drama episode. thing but yeah exactly but it would have been nice to have some sort of oh this like cool young guy that i've i've been kind of maybe like a quote-unquote mentor to mm-hmm. is now with this person that i was sexual with i don't know yeah 
look, and then after that scene, the Chang and Pierce breakup scene is almost so fast that we didn't have time to talk about it while we were talking about what happened before it because it's blink and you miss it. <laughs> uh, this is another crime of the episode and another complaint of the episode that Chang and Pierce are one of the funniest things in this episode. And I bet if I splice together their subplot that it's like maybe less than a minute and a half. I think it might be. It's so I short. I think it's so short. And it's one of the funniest parts of the episode, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's this subplot, the beginning, and then somehow the episode in a little bit manages to get a somewhat sweet ending out of this episode. Yeah. But all of the stuff in between, like I said, I can't say enough that it feels like an episode that's B and C plots without an A plot, and it's slow and kind of boring and and kind of cheap. It's totally. sad. I see what you're... I, I, I agree with a lot of that. And... It's not a break for everyone else, but you and I, Stephen, we're taking a break from Community for three weeks, and I'm always excited to come back and podcast about it, mm-hmm. but I was really hoping for something that would be like, man, that was a really great episode, really yeah. ending it on a good one, but no, we're kind of ending it on a string of ones that I have complaints about. Pillows and Blankets, I was, I'll admit, too harsh on. But You're pretty harsh on Pillows and Blankets. I was. I'm sorry. Whatever. But this one and the couple before Pillows and Blankets, other than uh, I liked Digital Exploration of Interior Design. I like the yeah, Subway that was one. Good. That is a good episode. But it's been a pretty long... I feel like I'm just so ready for something else, for something better. And I know mm-hmm. it's coming. I know it's in there somewhere. I liked Pierce's sad faces as he's cradling <laughs> the horse. But that's it. That's that whole plot until the end when Pierce walks unannounced into Troy and Otto's yeah. apartment. And it's it's funny, but it's literally nothing. Okay, so now we're back in the apartment, and Troy is recording a fake uh, voicemail for Britta. Britta is in that room still, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and she knows Troy. She... It's just a really cheap Blade. thing. And what the what the crime is is that if all of this was hilarious, if it was mm-hmm. so f***ing funny, it wouldn't matter that she's in the other room and could hear all of it because you're laughing at the jokes. Sure. If you have time where you're not laughing at the jokes to think about, well, well wait, this is kind of weird, and this wouldn't really happen like that. It, it's, it's a crime of the episode. I like this Dean one. <laughs> when Britta comes out, and what's that? Was she... No, this no. is Britta's the last one. There are two more before that. Annie. So Annie's been sitting around with the Dean for a while, and then finally is like, why ever you're here? <laughs> it's like, ouch. And then he makes a really funny face while he's eating his popcorn. Uh, what are we supposed to analyze? They decide they're going to be mean to Britta, or Annie decides, and everyone says that's a bad idea. Uh, and then this is the then little thing. The yeah, Troy takes the phone and says that I'm gonna. she doesn't like herself. So he, he's going to say on the phone something really nice to her to make her not interested because she won't see herself in whatever he's saying. And this is one of those things that community fans have always held on to. I remember when you and I interviewed Joel, mm-hmm. that some of the questions that we didn't get to a single one of, a lot of people asked, what did Troy say to Britta? As if Joel would have any uh. Uh, insight on that. It's like one of those things of like, what would what would Troy say here? But yeah. Dan Harmon said exactly what the answer would be on uh, the audio commentary. He says there isn't anything. He says yeah, he didn't say anything. He says something sweet. He says something innocent. He says exactly what Troy would say. 
it's he's he likened it to the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. You don't need to know what's in it. You know what's exactly. in it. Exactly. They're they're showing and not telling. And that's a good thing. You shouldn't be like, but we have to know that he said LMAO, you so hot or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? We don't need to know that. It's it's cuter that it's this little thing that they have between them that nobody else knows about. Yeah. What do you think about the turn that Troy takes now in this episode to being really serious for the rest of it? He I texts, love it. Do you I love it? I think that it's excellent. Yeah. Well, tell me, talk to me about it. I love my favorite thing about this season so far has been Troy being more mature and okay. taking more ownership and responsibility for things and stepping up to be a leader in the group. Because it's clear Jeff doesn't really want to be the leader he just expects to be. And I think and really he's, even And Jeff last has season. it less together than yeah. Troy at this point. And I think Troy did a great job in this episode stepping up. I think that he really um, – he cares about his friends. And I think that he since probably um, – Off and on I mean, really, throughout even all one. throughout the show, he's had like some sort of crush on Britta or at least found her – attractive in some ways even though he does rag on her like everyone else he cares about her a lot and i i this worked very very well for me and it's not just because i'm a big troy britta shipper comparatively to how i feel about the rest of the things in the sure. show but it it worked it very well for me you. here's what i'll say i like the moment at the very end this mm-hmm. feels a little too melodramatic for a show like community it feels like a, a friends kind of moment uh, mm. And I don't feel the show. You're right. They've been doing things since the very beginning to show that a little something could happen between Troy and Britta mm-hmm. at any time. But all of a sudden, the episode like swerves, and it's almost as if Troy was jealous about Blade this whole time and didn't say anything. Yeah. And we've been focusing on Jeff being so jealous when he doesn't have any stake in it. But the well, way that I... it happened so abruptly in the end of it. I feel like they could have, if they would have fleshed this out, it, whether it be in previous episodes making it more clear that Troy has some genuine feelings for Britta a little bit, like they don't have to ham it on, but just like a little bit of inkling, or likewise in this episode had put a little more of a, a focus on the Troy is uncomfortable and, and a little jealous maybe that Britta's talking about this, that this would have hit so much more. Well, and I don't even know that it's that he's super jealous about Blade. I think he just makes him sad to see Britta uh, thinking of herself to that standard and wanting to be treated poorly. That's a good point. Because he wants to treat her not poorly, I think. Or at least wants to see her treated not poorly, whether that's him or Mm -hmm. guarded by him. Yeah, that's a good point. I see what you mean there. And that does make me think a little differently of it. You're right. But Britta walks out immediately and is both I, – I wonder if this is a thing that – I don't know if anyone knows this, but Stephen and I ourselves are not women. So our no. insight on being a woman is very small. But I wonder if it's actually a little – if there's a little bit of truth to – you know, you're like texting back and forth with someone and you're kind of being coy or whatever. And they say something really nice and sappy to you. And it works and you think it's sweet and it makes you smile really big. But then you're also like, okay, now I can put my phone away for three hours and mm-hmm. and put this out of my head. You know what I mean? And not text him back and make him stress and think that he's ruined everything. Yeah. I feel like that's real. <laughs> <laughs> Britta says, hi, everyone. Hi, Dean. Why are you here? Ouch. Ouch. And then back. Jeff is still hammering it into Blade. <sighs> 
uh, trying to figure out all these things about him. What's it is a little funny in hindsight knowing that that Blade's brain is broken. So that's yeah. why Jeff's like, "Do you have a big wiener?" And he's like, "Nope." And he's like, nope. "Do you do this?" Nope. He's just so <laughs> blank. But because we don't know that, we, there needed to be something earlier in the episode that hints at something being like wrong with him. Exactly. And they don't really. He just seems like this quaint, simple guy whose name happens to be Blade. But what I think, if I want to look a little bit deeper and get some meaning out of this, Jeff, and I can relate to this, seems like someone who is so hyper-aware and self-aware that you're completely unaware. You know what I mean? Whereas Blade is someone who can go with the flow, he can work at a carnival, he can talk to this guy about his dick and not feel weird. Whereas mm-hmm. Jeff or I would be just like blowing up in my head. And and sometimes you can be jealous and wish that you could like forget that you know about things mm-hmm. and just like be uh, like more or less, a, I don't know, like a mindless. Obviously, I don't want that over self-awareness, but being aware can be uh, uh, hard and Jeff is definitely one of those people that takes it to uh, a direction where he's not really aware at all, but he feels all no. this anxiety. I don't know. I think it, there's some interesting stuff that they're pointing at here, mm-hmm. but they don't do anything interesting quite with it. Yeah. He's he's really kind of just... They, like like you said, they, they, they hinted at Jeff having, like, real issues, and, like, they're like, I need to know why, I have to know why. Like, he's very much that type of person. But a lot of the time, the answer is not that deep. There's no like. Thing Sometimes that people he has just have a, a nut in their brain. Exactly. Back at the apartment, everyone's watching Blade. Uh, Troy is. Can like, you go, go back a second? Because that acting by Donald Glover there, A plus. The like. So, little bit of like when Shirley t- or when uh, Annie takes Britta's phone because yeah. she's gonna read the message. Yeah. So Britta is like fine now. They're all watching the movie, and Annie goes to take Britta's phone to see what was said. And Britta, it's a good acting from Gillian too because mm-hmm. Britta doesn't know anything other than I've been texting Blade a ton. Yeah. So Britta's like, oh my god, you're gonna see. I'm sorry, I did text Blade, but doesn't know that Annie's like 12 steps past that. Mm-hmm. She's looking to see what Troy said. And Troy, you're right. He has great acting here, where he's doing what we all do when our elementary school crush is yep. reading the note in front of us that we wrote to our friend saying that they were our crush or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and you're just like, oh my god, you're just so like. What did I say? It's like, it's like, like a fear it? and like you know freeze and you're like, oh it, no. It's fear. It's also, there's some excitement behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it was a good moment. Britta is so, man, a non-entity in this situation that she's so yeah. many steps behind. I wish this would have been a better Britta episode. I wish this show would be a better Britta show sometimes. That sure. part broke my f-ing heart. Explain. When, Tell us the part. So Annie like reads the message and was like, Oh, and then Britta's like, yeah, I was texting Blade. Don't worry. It's done now. He's such a loser because of that message. And Troy kind of looks up and goes, good night, like all sad and defeated. And he's going to bed. And that hit a little too close to to the old the old ticker. This one, because it's definitely tough to be in a situation where you try and, you know, say things to make someone feel better that come from your heart that that have a lot of truth behind them, because I'm sure whatever he said, 
he meant and he feels yeah. that way about her. And then to have it kind of scoffed off and been like, oh, pff, that, yeah. that, that's hurtful. Sure. And then as the situation is clearly ending, the Dean almost does this like, he has this like improv comedy, like uh, uh, like he's struggling to come up with a line. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, Troy, you should really join the air conditioning repair program. And it's just like the worst possible moment. And Troy just says <laughs> no. And the Dean's like, well, that didn't work. That's what I get for improvising. Good night. And he leaves. <laughs> Man, that's another thing about this episode too. One of the funniest things about it is the Dean. And literally the joke is that he doesn't do anything. Yeah. And so good. It's it is pretty funny. Now we get a, a a nice a nice moment throughout the rest of this. Annie reads the message, sees how sweet it is, and asks Britta what's wrong with you, and can't help but reveal that she's been texting them, mm-hmm. and that uh, that that the num sorry that she's been texting them, and that the message, the sweet message, was really thoughtful and from someone really close to them, and she's just totally overlooked it and she's totally overlooked annie trying to be nice to her and to take care of her uh yeah Mm -hmm. but i at least like this is a shame on britta for doing something shitty to your friends and not shame on britta for wanting to be a psychiatrist or exactly saying a word silly and britta as soon as she hears she wasn't texting blade the whole time she's like now i gotta find him now i gotta go and find him and she leaves and annie's past it she's not gonna not mm-hmm. gonna do anything to stop her because she's got to make her own decisions. And really, we've all been in situations where you know someone who's in a relationship or a friendship mm-hmm. that's toxic to them, and you can say as many times as you want, and they can yeah. say as many times as they want that I'm done and you've got to help me. But it's really on them to be like, "This is done." And sure. at a point, if they're not gonna do that, you've got to step away from it and it hurts but what you can't make decisions for other people totally but i guess if annie knew that from jump it would be a two-minute episode of television Mm -hmm. so jeff shows up to reveal what he's learned about blade i thought this was one of the weakest winger speeches in the show's history so far. it's pretty bad giving away that he learned history about blade uh, that he got a piece of a ride stuck in his brain that destroys the part of his brain that feels shame Ugh. and look jeff joel does as good of a job as he can trying to deliver this line believably but just god is it corny and dumb i think that explanation mm-hmm. for his character and the way it's revealed to be this like emotional beat at the end of the episode that uh, makes Jeff feel better about himself and is supposed to make Britta feel better about herself and make them all self-actualize a little more. Uh, I don't know. It, 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 I like the the moments without words that we're about to get mm-hmm. that are slightly emotionally tinged. I like those moments a lot. But this Jeff speech, man, Jeff isn't it this week. And Jeff really hasn't been it this season. Last, yeah. But Britta's still not phased at first. She wants to go back and get with Blade. I hate it. Why does Jeff say when when Britta says I'm gonna uh, go with him right now, right here? Jeff says no, woman, and it's who is not he, like the f-ing rock. It's not a joke. It's not like a bit. He just says no, woman, and then goes back to what he was saying and s- explain like mansplains what Britta should be feeling Yikes. and doing. What the f- was Yikes. that? What was the point of that? Yikes! Again and again, it's. It doesn't feel like the community writer's p- 
pointing at why Jeff saying things like that is misogynist. So I feel like that makes this that the community writers are being misogynist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but do you remember uh, who, I, who I said had the writing credit on this one? Yes, I do. Daniel Harmone. All right. Jeff finishes up the speech that doesn't mean a lot. Uh, what talking about meant that this emotion that we feel is mental illness from it, it's almost if you pay it's attention bad. to Jeff's rants, it's almost like this like conservative kind of yeah tirade. I do not like this speech very much. I, it was over fast when I was watching it, but I didn't like mm-hmm. it then. And I super don't like it now that I'm really paying attention to what he was saying. Yeah. It's not good. And like everybody learns a lesson from it or something. Ugh, shoddy. I don't like it. Mm-mm. Talking about this episode like this, do you still like it just a hair less than Annie's move? Annie's Overall, move yes. has all kinds of good stuff. It's got... It's true. Pierce I don't think it's pain. above Annie's move. It's I got... guess it's, it's more than a little bit away from it, but in terms of episode ranking, it might be pretty close for me. Interesting. Everyone's learned their lesson except for Abed, who doesn't give a fuck about any of this. He just wanted to watch Blade the whole time. There's a, a sort of funny, if, if not expected, joke. Pierce shows up to give his phone to Annie, which is kind of cute because Pierce and Annie have always had a little connection, mm-hmm. too. He says, don't let me call Chang, and goes to lock himself in Annie's <laughs> room. It's kind of funny. Yeah, It was nice to have a, one more little Chevy runner in this episode. Mm-hmm. Troy decides, and this is also relatable, when... Something like this happens and you're with your friends and you kind of storm off. After a little while, you're going to come back and be like, oh, what are you guys doing? Right. Yeah. So he comes out and they decide that they're all going to stop self-actualizing and start watching Blade. They all sit down to watch the movie and we get a cute moment in a moment where Britta kind of thinks about what must have been happening and realizes that that last message, as she looks at it a second time, was from Troy. And look at this. I think this is all just about Pitch Perfect. The look yeah. on Britta's face when she realizes she doesn't oversell it, but she has a little shocked face, and then she like gets real like understanding on mm-hmm. her face. And then Troy well, watching looks to Annie for confirmation too. Like, well, was that yeah. him? Troy watching the movie kind of oblivious in a better mood, and Britta watching Troy smile like that, and then looking at Annie and Annie being like, "Yeah," and Britta's face there of like, "Oh my god!" I thought that was really, really mm-hmm. nice, and uh, probably Gillian's best moment of the episode for sure. Yeah, she has such a oh, sweet what smile. A nice smile. Yeah. And honestly, I know you don't like the Jeff and Annie, and there wasn't really any Jeff and Annie of this, and it's kind of like how. Troy is oblivious to what's going on. Jeff is also oblivious to what's going on. But he and Annie also share a nice smile that I don't mind either. Something always brings me back to you. Pierce and Chang in the (laughs) bedroom. (laughs) That's really funny if you think about how obviously they (laughs) wanted Pierce to walk in and walk in the room so he didn't have to be in the group scene or whatever. Whatever. I don't know what it was. Yeah. But they're all having this nice smiling moment and (laughs) Pierce is locking himself in the room (laughs) to forget someone. That's kind of funny. And that's the end of the episode. It, it's a sweet ending for a very slight episode, maybe one of the slightest episodes of the show so far. Uh, but that being said, I do very much enjoy the end tag. I think it's hilarious. I think it's been kind of a rough season for Abed, too, here and there, mm-hmm. because he's been at the center, but his 
and Danny Pudi's performance is always great, but yeah. the content they're giving to Abed has been lesser and definitely less thoughtful than in the first couple seasons. Uh, I always was kind of disappointed with the Troy and Abed rift that they didn't put as much emotional background into Abed's side of things as they did mm-hmm. to Troy's. So it was really nice to just see Abed be silly and do some stand-up comedy at the end of this episode. Uh, it was pretty funny. And uh, honestly, the funniest part of the, of the intag for me is all of Troy's reactions to oh his my god, yeah. And he can't stop laughing, and he's saying all the things that he's heard a thousand times with them at the same time. And all of the jokes being so super specific to him and Troy's friendship that even the dean is like put off by it. Do you think this is what it's like listening to our podcast? Is it's just a bunch of jokes between us and everyone else is like, I don't, I don't get it. Well, apparently some people get it because they listen to it, but I, I am positive that people that we know that think it's cool that we do this, but don't have any attachment to community Mm -hmm. feel like this when they turn it on. Sure. Also, uh, this it's pretty clear. Abed isn't really in the room. That wall isn't really in the room. No. That's green screened in. I thought the way that Troy's reactions and Abed's reactions played off of one another without being actually looking at each other uh, worked pretty well. Yeah, I think so too. I couldn't remember where I imagined the door in the dreamatorium. I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. And the brushing teeth bit and Troy's like, that's exactly how I brush my teeth. Oh, and then Choi's line, uh, when, when Abed starts to say something and Choi knows it and they and he shouts it out and they say it at the same time. Toaster oven! Like, Toaster yeah. oven, this is from his album. Was <laughs> that was really funny. A really sweet moment at the end of the episode and a really funny end tag to cap it off. to not Because, le- like, the beginning of the episode, pretty good. The end of the episode, decent. The mm-hmm. end tag, decent. Quite a few funny jokes thrown in. But what my problem has been lately with Community is that the character work... And the character dynamics, other than like whichever one or two characters they're making that episode about, have been really thin. And I missed that because in season two all the time, each episode was giving away things about every character. And Mm -hmm. an episode like this that's even slight could be giving away little things about every character. Like they prove they can in the end with Britta and Troy and Annie. So it's disappointing when they kind of phone it in for an episode. But that being said, who is your MVP this week? In a, in okay, a I'm gonna give episode. one honorable mention to find one this week. I did not. Okay, I see why one would. Okay, honorable mention this week to Dean Pelton. Sure, really great. He doesn't Dean do. Episode. He's hardly in it. He doesn't. Do but anything. still, is a star. To, uh, yeah, absolutely a star. My MVP this week is Troy Muffin Barnes. For me, yeah. it was not close. I think, especially the. You know, kind of for three separate reasons. One, he was hilarious at the beginning. I think his reactions to things were all great. Um, when when Britta calls them the opposite of Batman, he's like, you don't even know what that means. That was funny. Yeah, we didn't um, even talk about that. That was a funny yeah. bit. And then, of course, the emotional stuff at the end, I think he just knocks out of the park and then some. And then he was great in the end tag, too. I agree with all of that, but I couldn't give him an MVP just because he's not a huge part of the episode until the mm-hmm. end of it. Uh, and you kind of gave away my MVP in the beginning by saying you don't like her. I think my MVP is Annie. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Annie is neurotic in ways that allows the character to get away with things she shouldn't get away with often. And I like it when they do an episode that feeds into some of her obsessive compulsive natures in a way that doesn't like actively hurt people. And then she's Mm -hmm. treated as being cutesy at the end of it. So I thought this was a pretty good usage of Annie. I thought Allison had some funny moments when she's trying to talk into the phone and uh, it was kind sure. of a stretch of an episode, so I stretched mm-hmm. a little bit to think of one, but I went with Annie. 
that's fair. I, I uh, accept and acknowledge the validity of your choice, Zach. Thank you. <laughs> and that's this episode. That's Origins of Vampire Mythology. Uh, we're going to exit the time vacuum. We're about to take our little break, but there's never a break in You Can't Disappoint a Podcast because we will be back next week talking about Virtual Systems Analysis. If I am correct, that is the episode that is almost entirely Abed in the Dreamatorium. It'll be an interesting one to unpack, so I look it forward will. to it, especially after some of the things I brought up about Abed. It'll be interesting to see, like, the Abed episode. So that'll be a lot of fun. In the meantime, if you like what we do here and you want to support us, support us at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. We've got live You Can't Disappoint show that we record every week before the show over there. We've got over a day of bonus exclusive content that's only on the Patreon that you can go listen to right now. And it starts as low as five bucks a month and that helps us out a ton. And also if you want to be a part of our show, send us in your emails, your trivia, your episode MVP, and your favorite funny moment for next week's episode, Virtual Systems Analysis to Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. And Steven, you know the drill. Tell them the stuff. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, where we post things, we answer DMs sometimes. We uh, we we tweet. Is it, what else can you do on Twitter? We we polls. tweet. We do polls. polls. We do do polls. Do do poll. And then uh, we, we pull all kinds. We pull mad doo doo. Exactly. Uh, come on over and follow us at you can't yeah. disappoint. We're also on Instagram at can't disappoint podcast, and we are on Facebook and YouTube under the name you can't disappoint a podcast. That's all for this week. I promise you. I bet that when we're when we're back for next week's episode, I bet we're gonna be real. Real. See. See how I am now. I bet with the three weeks off coming back for next week's podcast, I bet we'll be quite refreshed. Woo, like what a, do you think? Like a cool drink of water on a summer's day. We'll be brand new men. There will be a new podcast co-host because Steven and I will no longer be on speaking terms. And we can't wait to bring it to you next week. But for now, I think that's it. All right. Take, take care, boys and girls at home. From inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter, get vaccinated, don't name your children Blade. I knew a Blade in high school, and he, was a, he was a bully to me. So uh-huh. don't name your kids Blade. I'm Zach. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Steven. And we love you. We'll see you next week. Take care.